Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Everyday Church. We are a body of believers in Oklahoma City with the mission to live out our faith on a daily basis. Let's listen in as we hear a powerful message from God's Word. A great job by our worship team this morning. Thank you all for leading us so well. We started off with O Holy Night and we thought who should sing the song about the night being divine and Molly Divine came to our our mind somehow. And so thank you, Molly, for leading us this morning. I also want to give a quick shout out. Weren't the colors in the background perfect today? Nick, great job, dude. Let's give Nick. He, he's the one that is often the most thankless, and we should be so thankful for him uh, putting in the lyrics and then Jim running those today. But the, the color scheme was fantastic. It looked super awesome. So great job. This morning, we're in a series called 2020 Vision. We're wrapping up 2019, looking ahead into 2020 with perfect vision, right? It's not necessarily perfect, but it does describe perfect clarity. And so uh, we're trying to get some clarity with where we're headed in 2020. We've been talking about some things church-wide, but I look forward to really unpacking some personal vision for you today to help you even see yourself into 2020. But to understand the vision, you got to know the mission, okay? Vision is really how you accomplish the mission. And as a church, we've kind of gone back to our mission, and we've tried to be very clear with what our mission is. God called us as a church to do something very specific. So what's our mission statement? You know it. Reaching. Love it. Reaching the city to reach the world one day at a time. That's what we're about as a faith family, as a church. This is the mission God has given us. And some of you are even new today, and I love that you're thinking, hey, I should record this, write this down, or get this somehow into me, because I want you to memorize it. I want you to know it, because this is what we're about, reaching the city to reach the world one day at a time. Now, each little phrase in our mission statement has a key word to it. And so we started off this series before even really going to the specific mission. We talked about as a church, we serve. And so we really kind of have four S's, but the service part, it, it was, hey, we're, we're not a, a cruise ship. We're more an aircraft carrier here. We've got a mission, and that means all hands on deck. And so we unpacked that the very first week, three or four weeks ago, and uh, talked about the importance of serving uh, with your uh, faith family and for your faith family. Now, this reaching the city part has a key word, and that's saved. And, and you guys know this, and so I'm not going to unpack this too much, but the, the general sentiment is we want to see people saved, specifically locally, reaching the city. We, God gave us this area for a reason, called us to this area for a reason. There are lots of lost people, around 70% of the people in our area do not know Jesus. There is a high number of people, and so we want to see people saved. We want to see them saved from the penalty of sin. We want to see them saved from an afterlife apart from God. We want to see them saved from a an earthly life that is void of peace, purpose, and hope, okay? Those are the things that we want to see people saved from. We want to see them come to know Jesus Christ, to be in a relationship through the Father, uh, with the Father through the Son, okay? That's what we want to see. And so we've got this little, uh, little picture that actually is drawn out there to a certain degree. It's painted on the wall, but you can kind of see it here. We want to reach the city to reach the world. So once someone is saved, they are now sent. If you've been reached, you want to reach others. And so the key word is sent, uh, and that's who we are as a faith family. We want to reach people across the street and across the sea. And it's not one or the other, it's a both, all right? And they're, they're not exclusive, it is a together thing, but we can focus on the city and forget about people 
uh, that are elsewhere, and that's not who we are as a church. We want to reach people across the street and across the sea. That's very important to us. Our God is global, and, and we think that is important as a faith family that we mirror God's heart for all people. Okay, So we want to reach the city to reach the world, and now we get to the one day at a time. What's this about? If you're unfamiliar with that phraseology, one day at a time, this this uh, phrase, or how we have worded it, is to remind us that the Christian life is not a sprint. It's a marathon. It, we're in it for the long haul. Our goal as a church is not to produce a flash-in-the-pan Christian that just lights up quickly and then fades away. All right? We're not a firework Christianity. And just last night, my, uh, my son had a birthday. Uh, I probably shouldn't put this on Facebook Live because this really is an indictment towards me, but... I will go ahead because none of the people in our neighborhood are watching, sadly. But they're all sleeping right now. Just kidding. But so yesterday was my son's birthday, turned 11. And so we celebrated by shooting off this major firework <laughs> in our neighborhood. Dosher, you know, on, uh, boy, the people went crazy on the uh, Facebook page. There's gunshots. <laughs> We're getting attacked. The terrorists have landed. You know, it's like. We just shot off a couple of fireworks. Give us a break. So we're not trying to produce that type of Christianity where you just light up, boom, explode, and then you're gone, right? We're trying to do this thing over the long haul. We're a, a, a finale over and over and over again. That's what we're trying to do as a faith family. And we get this. For that to happen, we have to understand this mission that Jesus has given us is not just for a week. It's not just for a year. It really is for a lifetime. This is a lifetime journey that we're going on. And for us to be successful in this journey, it's not just one big honking obedient moment. Yay, I did the one thing that Christ asked me. No. Okay. The most successful, pe successful people, they're successful in consecutive small moments that link together to produce this quality life. Okay, that's what we want. We want to be successful in the moment by moment, in the daily consistency of following Jesus. Because when we put those together, then we're going to see, wow, we, we lived a life worthy of the calling we've received. That's what we're trying to do. It's not just, we're not just trying to equip you for one moment where you beat sin. Okay? And those moments are awesome. We want to take down the Goliath, but you've got to be successful in the valley before you ever get to the Goliath, right? We, we need to be successful linking together these moments by moments to produce the quality of life that we've called to do. And so in our little logo, in the heart, that's why we have these arrows. I don't know if, Nick, if you can throw that back on, but it's these arrows that we're saying, hey, this is just a continual thing that we're trying to do. It's always ongoing. It's not like once we've been sent, we're done. No, we're saved and we're sent and we're shaped and we continually are in this process. In fact, shape, this is our discipleship pathway. This is helping us become more like the image of Jesus, being shaped into his image. And we know it really is going to take one day at a time. See, we kind of overestimate what we think we can do by ourselves in one year and underestimate what God could do in a faithful decade, right? We kind of put the emphasis on the now, but we're trying to extend this over the long haul. and say, It's one day at a time. Let's just keep pressing on. Because if you fail in that one moment, we don't want you to think ball game over. right? That's, that's the danger of putting all the emphasis on the one moment. It's like, Ooh, I missed that one moment, and I must, I'm just going to give up. No. Listen, no. Peter could have easily, man, I denied Christ. I'm done. I'm not worthy. I'm never going to be used for his glory. Yeah, well, you helped start the church. Because he didn't quit after the one moment. It's like, no, we're going to keep going. And I'm, the next moment, I'm going to obey. And I'm going to be obedient. And then I'm going to link these things 
together. It, it's the long haul. In 1948 in South Dakota, a, a project was set into motion to create this huge monument to honor uh, the Native American war leader, uh, Crazy Horse. And, and this project is still ongoing. Some of you, I heard, actually have visited this monument. But they're trying to create this 563-foot-high statue um, of Crazy Horse on a horse, okay? You can kind of see what the end goal is here in the left corner. This is what they're hoping to accomplish. And this is kind of a somewhat recent picture of where they are today. You can see how it's going to look to par- uh, compared to where they are. And then you can look at the face and see, this is nine times larger than the faces on Mount Rushmore, this whole project. This is this monster of a project. They started again in 1948. The goal of this project is to be completed in 2050. I'm okay at math. That's over 100 years, right? I mean, that's, a, that's some dedication, right? That takes being serious about a project. That takes some serious consistency. It takes some serious dedication, Spiritually, we see some of the same dedication when it comes to our biblical heroes. You know, for Noah, it probably took about 70 years to build the ark. There's debate about the, we don't know the precise number. Some actually have it higher. This is, I would say, the most conservative approach, or or conservatively, we could say around 70 years to build the ark, okay? For Noah to build this ark, it took brains, it took brawn, and it took plenty of patience. That's what it took for him to take 70 years and build an ark in the desert. Who does that, right? 70 years of hammering away and and building something that you're not fully sure, okay? Rain has not come. God has just told him to do this. And and 70-something years, somewhere in that ballpark, okay, I'm just going to build this because this is what you've said. I mean, that epitomizes one day at a time. Someone saying, God told me to do this, I'm going to do it. I really believe Noah didn't know exactly how this thing was going to play out. He didn't know exactly what God was going to do. He didn't know how all of this was going to transpire. But he just said, God said it. I got to do it. I got to go and build this ark. I think it's fair to say for us today, there's not many modern day Noahs, right? It's hard to be a Noah today because our patience is quite thin. We've talked about this before, but I don't even know if it's just a culture thing. It might just be a spiritual thing for us. But boy, I I don't see a lot of 70-year dedication to what the Lord has commanded. It's real easy to cut bait and bail. It's real easy to say, well, God didn't show up in the the last hour. I'm out. Right? But here's Noah. It's like, I'm just going to keep building. I know for me, oftentimes I want God to reveal the second step before I take the first step. But what I found is that God generally doesn't reveal the next step until you take the first step. I read this quote by Mark Batterson this week. It hit home with me. He said, we've got to be obedient to the measure of revelation God has given us if we want more of it. The idea of that is is that we want more revelation before we obey more. But God wants more obedience before he reveals more to us see we're like i'll obey if you keep giving me the next step and the the whole plan and god is saying you just take that step i've already given you and then i'll give you the next step and then the next step and then the next step he wants to reveal more to us but he's waiting for us to obey in the moment it reminds me a whole lot of the impala not the car 
the African animal. I've been very fortunate to go to Africa on, on uh, if you don't count Egypt, three times, okay? And uh, a couple of those trips, we went on safaris, and I got to see some incredible animals. And one of those is the impala. I think it was, uh, I think this is 2016, I ran up on, uh, I, I guess I should say I rolled up on some impalas. Look at this. You can see they're not too scared of us right there. They're, they're just kind of getting out of the way. This is just me and some Impalas hanging out. And you, hopefully in July, will be doing the same thing. But in 2018, I was able to get this picture, which was a, a little bit more majestic and clear. Just an incredible animal. New, yeah, pretty cool, isn't it? These animals are, are fast, obviously. And they got to be fast in, in the wild because of the predators that would try to take them out. But one thing I learned recently is that they actually got some hops, Okay, these impalas can jump about 10 feet high and about 30 feet long, which is pretty crazy. You think, well, how in the world could I even see an impala at a zoo? I mean, it'd be pretty hard to keep them in their enclosure, but zookeepers have found it's not that hard to keep an impala in its enclosure. It just needs a, a three-foot high fence, three-foot high wall, and that's the only thing needed, because an impala will not jump where it can't see where it will land. Even though it can jump about 10 feet high, 30 feet long. If it can't see where it's going to land, it's like, no, 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 I'm not taking that jump. Is that you? Is that me? It reminds me of us spiritually, because we want a money-back guarantee before we take a step of obedience, right? You're like, I can't see where I'm going to land. I better not take this jump. I don't know if I should give because I don't know if that check is coming to me back in the mail. I don't know if I should step into this situation because I just don't know how God's going to intervene. You only jump in if you can see where you land, if you know what's coming. But only obeying when you can see eliminates what? Faith from the equation. It doesn't take faith when you can see. We walk by faith or we walk by sight. If you're walking by sight, you're not walking by faith. Because you're only going where you can see. And you know what? God has empowered you and gifted you to jump 10 feet high. Now listen, I'm, I'm out there figuratively now. Okay, we're talking symbolism. You can jump 30 feet long. But you trap because you can't see. You can't see where you would land. You only got three foot vision. And so you're stuck right where you are because you're not jumping. And you need to obey and you need to live by faith. And following Jesus is going to take steady, persistent, consistent faith. You need to give trusting you can't outgive God. You need to step into that confrontation not knowing how it's going to play out. You need to share your faith, not knowing how that person will receive the gospel that you're proclaiming. You can't just say, I'm only going to do this knowing how it will play out. That is not faith. But when you follow Christ, it's this one day at a time. I'm going to step and step and step and go on this journey with him and follow along in faith. Now, this journey isn't the same for everyone. We're all different. We all have different spiritual gifts, and we've all 
have different personality traits and, and quirks, uh, and we're just wired differently. And so discipleship, that means growing to be like Jesus, I don't think is just a step one, step two, step three, step four. And so as a church, we haven't said, do this, do this, do this, do this in, in sequential order, and then everything will be okay. We're all at different places in our walk with Christ. And so what we've decided is discipleship is a little bit more messy than it is linear. However, there are some principles that will guide us into a deeper relationship with the Lord, will shape us more into the image of Jesus if we would apply and adapt these principles to our life. We'll be more like Jesus. We will be shaped into him. And so when we say one day at a time, we've created this acrostic called shaped. Okay, We're going to be shaped into the image of Jesus one more time, or one day at a time. And this shaped are these principles that if we would apply them, then we'll be more like Jesus. And so I want you to know these. You know them already, right? S is what? Brandy Nelson, tell me. You're the only one in this room that knows it. What is it? Studies the word of God, all right? Chad, you know it too. I know, and I know some of you do, especially those that were at our 10 o'clock meeting. All right, so (laughs) S is studies the word of God. I'm not going to unpack all of these because we'll, we do series, we do messages, we, we talk about this. And everything we really do filters through these principles because we want to see you shaped into the image of Jesus. Being shaped in the image of Jesus is going to know the word of God. You remember when he was 12, I believe, in the temple and, and he's uh, with all these priests and they're like, whoa, you know the word of God. Jesus knew the word of God. He taught the word of God. He quoted the word of God from, from the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? goes back to Psalm 22. Look it up. It's amazing. People were amazed at the knowledge of Scripture. You're going to be like Jesus? you got to know the Word of God. H, hangs with other believers. Okay, Jesus hung out with, with 12 and 3 very closely. There needs to be a, a holy huddle in your life. Now, you better run some plays, and we're going to talk about that. But the, your accountability, your intimacy needs to be with other strong, like-minded believers. You need to hang with other believers. A, abides with Christ through, this is specific, prayer and fasting. Jesus said, if you abide in me, I'll abide in you, and you will bear what? Much fruit. Look at y'all. Some of y'all read the Bible. This is awesome. Okay, you're going to bear much fruit. But it's going to be through prayer, and it's going to be through fasting. Yes, the Word of God is a part of that, but we, we, we are able to separate that to say, make sure you're in the Word of God, but also... You need to hang with other believers. And also, you need to abide with Christ in prayer and fasting. Prayer is the relational aspect. It's talking with God and giving him time to talk to you. That can even be while you're reading the scripture, studying the word of God. And then fasting is going without. It is literally going without food to meet extra, with, extra time with God. Now, there are some people that will fast maybe social media, and those things are still beneficial. Don't mishear me. But the original is I'm going to go without spiritual food, I mean physical food, to focus on spiritual food. I'm going to eat more of the Lord in this time. You feel me? Can I get an amen? P, provides for others or provides for the needs of others. Okay? This is the P in shaped. We need to be generous people. We need to be cheerful givers. That is the heartbeat of God. For God so loved the world, he gave. And we want to mirror his heart by being generous, specifically with our finances. Jesus looked at a widow who gave all that she had, basically, and said, wow, this person gave more than anyone else. And honored her, highlighted that gift, 
We need to provide for the needs of others. We need to give. We need to even serve. Okay, we'll talk about that in this one. E, exalts the Lord. All right, exalts the Lord. Exalts is to lift up in essence. And so we want to worship him. We want to uh, make sure that we're, we're not just, uh, let me focus first on this. We need to worship him through music and through our attention and our affection and our time in the word and as a faith family, but also in our service by being a living sacrifice. So we want to lift up the Lord with how we live and, and how we love on him through song and through attention and through our time uh, together as a faith family. And then the D in shaped is delivers the gospel. We kind of highlighted that the last two weeks. We need to be sharing our faith. We need to deliver the gospel to those across the street and across the sea. And so a lot of what we do really kind of tries to highlight one of these so that we can be more shaped into the image of Jesus. We're trying to get in better shape, spiritually speaking. Now, some of us, let me raise my hand. I need to get better physical shape. And that's not a bad thing, right? January is a, a very hot time to get in shape. I mean, a lot of people right now are already thinking, January, I'm going to start this schedule. I'm going to get a gym membership. You go to gyms right now, and they'll tell you, January's peak time. You talk to the regulars, they hate January. Right? They're the ones that are very consistent. Like, I hate January because that messes up my whole schedule. There's people there, and they don't even know how to use the equipment, right? They don't wipe down the bench. They don't know what they're doing. This is annoying, but people in January, this is the prime time try and get in shape. And so physically, there is health, obviously, to be getting in shape. It's good. But I love what Paul said. 1 Timothy 4, 7, and 8. Let me read this to you. He says, Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. It's like, that's a time waster. For some of you, Facebook's a time waster. And it's not because you spend a lot of time, it's because you arguing with people. It's like, don't argue over godless ideas, old wives' tales. Why are you wasting time on that? Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, amen. But training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits, when? In this life. Okay, there's benefits in this life to living a godly life. And in the life to come. Now what sticks out to me here is that he says you can actually train yourself to be godly. Did you hear that? You, at a large degree, have ownership of your spiritual vitality. You, the person you look at in the mirror, have a whole lot of power and control to how godly you are. You can't blame anyone else. You can't blame other people. You can't blame your pastor. I heard you. You can't. You. You have authority even over how godly you become. Listen, before you call me a heretic. He says, train yourself to be godly. You can work out to get in spiritual shape. Now, the idea here isn't that it takes effort to get into the relationship with Jesus. That effort was done on your behalf. The heavy lifting occurred with Jesus taking a cross, being nailed to it, being the sinless sacrifice for you, paying the price and the penalty of sin. He did all the work. 
That ain't your effort at all. It's his effort. So don't get that twisted, thinking that, well, I got to get in shape for Jesus to take me. No, he got in shape so he would take you. You come as you are. You put your faith and trust in Jesus. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Over and over again in scripture, we see, we've talked about, it's not about your effort getting okay with Jesus. It's all what God has done. By coming, Emmanuel, God is with us. Jesus, born in a manger, lived the sinless life, born to die, who became our sacrifice, our lamb that was slain, who takes away the sins of the world. That's Jesus. He did all that. But it, it does say it's going to take some effort to be all that you can be in Jesus. It's going to take spiritual discipline. You training yourself to be godly. And a large part of that is just going to be carving out time, putting the energy and effort on spending time with him. For you to flourish, you're going to have to put forth some effort to make it happen. Now, I believe when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, his righteousness becomes our righteousness. That's how we have access, with God, access to God. But in how we live out of that righteousness is going to be you training yourself to be godly. Getting in shape. And so what I want you to do, you know, I've been kind of presenting these 2020 vision for us. And having these goals for us about going to Kenya. About reaching people, reaching the city, reaching the world. I, I want to turn this back to you for a second. And I want you to set some goals. And I want you to have some vision for your own spiritual vitality going into 2020. You. And if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, I want you to do this. I want you to take pen and paper or I want you to take your smartphone and pull up a note or an Evernote or Notability or whatever you use. And I want you to, on your screen or paper, write S-H-A-P-E-D. And we're going to set some goals going into 2020. We're going to be very practical today. We're going to train ourselves to be godly in this way. Now, before we do that, we're going to pray. And we're going to ask the Spirit to guide us as we enter into this. So, Father, I beg of you to send the Spirit into this moment, into this space, into each person's mind into their spirit and speak these goals to their heart. I pray you alone would have influence and that there would be no three-foot-high wall obstructing their faith, that they would trust in you with these goals. Breathe them into us. In your name we pray, amen. I want you to think through this. I want you to make some goals if you're not writing them down, if you're not thinking them through, they're, they're just dreams, they're not goals. So let's be practical. Let's make some goals. Uh, on S, make sure you got space. What's S again? Studies the Word of God. I want you to write this question down. How much time do I want to read in the Bible per day? And I want you to answer that. How much time right now is your goal for 2020? And I want you to think, how many days a week? Some of you, maybe you're hit or miss, and it's one or two. And you're like, 2020, I know for sure, each week I'm going to get 
five days. I'm going to make sure 2020, five, at least five days. We're not trying to be pharisaical, but we're trying to train ourselves to be godly. Come up with it. How many days? How much time per day do you want to devote to reading the scripture? That's first. Answer that. What's your goal? 2020. You can use a connect card if you don't have it. Jason, if you, you have that paper handy, there's some paper here. If you, if you want any paper, there's pens obviously on your seat. Jason will, will give you some paper. It's just a blank sheet of paper you can have with you. I also want you to ask, do you want to read any other Christian books? Any like Christian living books? You know, some people have a goal. Hey, I want to read a book a, a month. That's, listen, that's on you. If anyone needs paper, just raise your hand. Okay. Thank you, Jay. Now, again, you don't have to do these. This is just you, spirit-led. Do you want to read any more books? Anything else in addition to your time in the Word? You want to accomplish some goal of like, yeah, I want, I want to do this. Or how many Bible reading plans? Or, You know, when I first thought about this going into New Year, I thought about us all as a church doing the one-year Bible again. I, I do that often. And I just thought, you know, some of you, you're just not ready for that. And that's okay. So... I want this to be personal for you. What, what's your goal? Okay, H. What's H? Hangs with other believers. Okay, I want you to write this question down. Do I want biblical community? Just write it down. Do I want biblical community? Listen, if so, if you really want biblical community, will e-group be a priority? This is... Our format, and I'm willing, if, if we need to figure out a midweek or something, of course, we need more people and a pool of people for these things to happen. If there's some time, well, let's figure it out. Will it be a priority for you? A small group, which we call e-groups, getting with like-minded Christians so that you can have biblical community. It's not going to happen just on Sunday morning. Can I Listen, this is a good start, but if we're going to go further, we gotta we got to Thin the herd, so to speak. We've got to get in smaller environments where we can be a little bit more real and more authentic. Which is the next question. Will I be genuine with my e-group? With my small group of Christians that are like-minded with the same vision, will I be genuine? Can I be real? Can I be authentic? If you're not, it's just a facade. It's fool's gold. Can I really open up? Knowing that we're all messy, none of us are perfect. Can I be real? Can I be genuine? And then, this is the next step. Will I care for one another? Will I not just be a leech and open up about mine? Will I also step into my brothers and sisters and help? Now listen, you need to be taken care of. But will, am I also willing to be the one that helps others? Can I be real with you? In 2020, my church vision and goal is that our e-groups do better at caring for one another. Listen, baby showers, hospital visits, all that is supposed to be funneled through e-group. Meal train, really providing for one another. We need to do that in that local group of people that are really doing life together, okay? So will I care for one another? All right, that's all underhanging with other believers. A, what's A? 
abides with Christ through what? Prayer and fasting. So question, how much time do I want to pray each day? What's your goal for 2020? What's it going to be? Some of y'all like prepare for this. Y'all, y'all, I don't even see any pause. It's like boom, 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 boom. Two minutes <laughs> or whatever. You, know, you, you got it. You're, you're ready. This is good. How much time am I going to say for sure? Now, as a word of caution, this is not what the pharisaical aspect would be. You put down 15 minutes and you pray 15 and there's a whole lot more that you need to be in conversation with God, but you just said, I, I, I set aside 15 minutes, I'm done. That's not the goal, but it's saying, hey, at least I want to give this time allotted. And then if I need to sit longer and pray longer, I'm open for it, God. But I want a minimum, so to speak. God, this is my minimum. I'm, I'm going to sit here with you and pray at least this. And if it continues, it continues. Okay, what time is your minimum that you're going to say, I'm going to give this in a time of prayer. Write that down. And then let's get specific. How many days do I want to fast in 2020? Uh-oh. Some of these were easier. Now we're talking about fasting. As a church, we've done seasons of fast, of fasting. And for you, maybe it is like, hey, at least two times a month, one time a month. Or I, a season, I want... Two seasons in the, the calendar year where I do an extended fast. Three days, five days, ten days, whatever. But, but in 2020, I want to make sure that I set aside two times for fasting or one day a week or once a month. I'm not trying to give it to you. I want the Lord to speak that to you. But you would be like, all right, God, my yes is on the table. I'll fast. Maybe for the very first time this year, you'll actually fast. You'll go 24 hours. Now, again, the idea is that you go, now, if you have medical issues, disclaimer, if you can't do it, other ways to figure this out. But if you're healthy enough to do that, it is saying, God, spiritual food will be my focus over physical food. And every hunger that I have for physical food is going to remind me to seek you and how important you are in my life. I'm going to fast this and feast on you. I'm going to fast food. Go without, but I'm going to feast on, my, on your spiritual food. How many days do you want to do that in 2020? P, provides. Oh, you know, what is P? Provides. Yeah, provides. Thanks. Yeah, great. Man, y'all knew that one. All right, P is providing for the needs of others. As a church family, we, we pull our resources together to help. And there are instances with our faith family we've stepped in to provide finances. We do that locally. We give. We also give nationally. And we also give internationally. And so I want you to think. The first step would be at giving with your church. Okay. And so what percentage do I want to give to God? Through my local church. Through my faith family. And I want you to answer that question. I think the percentage number is better than the amount number. Because I, I'm the one right now that that tabulates and tallies what comes in. And some of you, I know, there's no, you're not, you haven't done the math yet. It is either inconsistent or you're not near 10% yet. And we need to be just real and honest with it. You need to get there. If everyone in our faith family tithes, we, we would be in, and we could do more ministry. We would meet more needs if everyone stepped up to the plate. And that's just the truth. 
And so I would encourage you to have that faith moment where you say, 10% is my baseline. I need to get there. And I'm going to trust the Lord with it. And no, I can't outgive him. And so some of you, maybe it's, it's a contract work or, or maybe some of you it's commission-based. And you have to do more math through the year. <laughs> it stinks to be you, right? For those of you that are annually and your salary is set, it's easier to get that figure right off the top. What it is. And so you need to answer, what's my percentage? And figure it out. What do I want to do in 2020? Maybe you've been five and you're like, I'm getting a seven. I'm just telling you, the quicker you get to 10, the, the blessing is on that number. And so maybe you're 10, you're like, I want to be a 20. Maybe you're 20, like, I want to be a 30. I hope our number as a family keeps growing. And so what is it for you? Also, what other ways do I want to be generous with the money God has provided? What are the other ways you want to be generous? Maybe there's something personal God put on your heart. Like, I want to sponsor an orphan, two orphans, three orphans. I want to get involved in this. Or I want to have a line item in our budget that is solely allotted to meeting random needs. And so you set that money aside. To say, here's our budget. We're going to set that aside. What are some other ways that you want to step in and be generous? Okay? I want you to think through that. If you don't have time to do this in this very moment, process it, pray over it, and use the next coming days to do that. E, what's E? Exalts. Everyone say exalts the Lord, okay? That's what we're about. And so the question I want you to ask is, how many gatherings do I want to make next year? Because as a faith family, we worship the Lord together. We lift Him up. How many gatherings do I want to make next year? And if you put 52, you're doing it wrong, okay? As much as I would love for you to be here all 52 weeks, you need to abandon annually and have a vacation. The, the question is, will it, when you're in town and when you're not sick, listen, if you got a fever and you've been throwing up all morning and you're like, I put down 50, I got to be there because this is 50. Listen, stay away. All right? I don't want your fever up in this place. I want the Holy Spirit fever. Sorry. Okay, so. But is it a priority for you when you're well and, and, and there, you're in town and you're not going to make an excuse? You've got a goal. I'm going to be here. What's that goal? All right, so make it a priority. And then exalting the Lord, well, well, where will I serve in 2020? In what capacity? Now, here's the thing about Romans 12.1. It says, our spiritual act of worship, which is what we say, exalting the Lord, lifting up, Paul writes in Romans 12, 1, that it's offering our body as a living sacrifice. It's saying, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. So with your faith family, where are you going to serve? How are you going to worship the Lord through your hands and feet? Through your service. And I want you to think, where am I going to serve in 2020? The D and shaped. All right, what's D? Delivers the gospel. Who was that? Was that you, Brittany? Crush it. Okay. So, this is a good question. How many people do I want to come to a gathering because of me? Can I just brag on Brianna Whitaker real quick? That old girl, first off, the curse, or the, how I do not want to brag on her, is she took these horrible pictures of me and then posted them <laughs> on Facebook. Okay? They were horrific. I had on the silly glasses, and she was sneaky. I busted everyone except her somehow. Would you, 
That tells me a lot about you, by the way. Kobe, you know, okay? (laughs) And she posted it on Facebook with this sweet little comment about us, our faith family, our church. And she had people respond, where, when, where is this? Can I want to come? Something as intentional and as simple as saying, this is what we're about. We have a great sense of family here. want you to come. Reach out to me. And she's begun conversations with people, and she'll need to follow up with them about being a part. Okay, how are you going to get involved? How many people do you want to come to a gathering because of you? And then more importantly than that, how many people do I want to share Jesus with in 2020? Answer it. Listen, the results are always up to God, but what's your goal? Sometimes I've seen people have a goal of like, I want to share with three people a week or whatever, and they have, they'll go do it. And that's a good thing. That's not like I'm being God thing. Some of you are just waiting for God, and he's like, I already told you to go, go. Some of you are still waiting for the fish to jump up in the boat, remember? And he's saying, throw out the net. So what's your goal in 2020? How many people do you want to actually share the gospel with? One a week, one a month. I'm talking about getting to the J word, talking about Jesus, talking about salvation, putting our faith and trust in him. Now, this is your list. This is 2020 goals for Kim, for Matt, for Bill, Kathy, for you, for me. But I want to encourage us with this in wrapping up. Don't be so personal with this list that you negate the greatest strength that you could have. And that is the help of another. Christianity at its core is relational. You go back to Acts chapter 2. In fact, I'm going to just read it. In Acts chapter 2, the first church is formed. Look what they did. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer, A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers met together in one place, shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions, possessions, shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. The first church was a team. Let's even take it farther. They were a family. We can't do this alone, these lists. I'm a, I am driven and I'm individually driven by myself to do things. And I have my list and any list I have, and I want to get it done on my own strength, own power. Listen, we're going to need each other. It takes a family. It takes a team to build a crazy horse monument. It takes a family to build an ark. It's going to take us together to accomplish these things. 
See, what they understood, these first followers of Christ, is truly, at its core, Christianity is relational. It's connecting to people up close. We like to connect to people from a distance. But we got, if we're going to accomplish as much as we can, we need to get up close. The enemy doesn't want that from you. The enemy's M.O. is to isolate you, to get you alone so he can take you out. We got to get together. We got to gather together. We need to get our list and open up and be transparent and honest and have some accountability and some strength in numbers. So I'm going to encourage you as your pastor and as a member of this faith family, share this with someone else. If we had a huddle tonight, I would say, let's just pour it out tonight. We don't, but your e-group still can get together. And maybe it's in January at some point where you do this. But let's be real with our goals and help and spur one another on. And encouragement to help each other. I don't want you to be overwhelmed. I want you to know you can do this. I don't want a three-foot wall to keep you trapped we sing build my life a lot of it is trusting the Lord putting our faith in him and I want to encourage you today trust jump have faith study the word of God with other people even hang with other believers abide with Christ and prayer and fasting with other people. Provide for the needs with other people as a faith family. Exalt the Lord. Worship Him together. Spread the gospel together. We're in this thing together. 2020 can be an incredible year. But we better ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the field. Because the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are what? Few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the field. You with me? 2020 has great possibilities. But you have to train yourself to be godly. You got to get in shape. You can do it. Let's pray together now. In fact, let's just close our eyes. I want to give you time to pray over your list. Molly, if you just come and you just if you'd lead us one more time, I want you in your chair right now to pray over these things that God has put on your heart. And if maybe you left some things blank, would you ask God to fill the blank with what he would want? And so I'm just going to be quiet. Molly will play and then she'll sing. And when you can join in, join in. If you need to continue to, to pray, pray, but pray over this list and ask God for strength and ask God for who should support you and who you should support and help with these goals. Seek him now. Abide with him now. Pray. 
This is Pastor John. Thank you so much for listening to the Everyday Church Podcast. For more information on us or if you happen to make a spiritual decision during this message, please let us know and go to our website, www.everyday.church. There's an email link that you can click on, and we would love to hear from you. If there's anything going on that has happened during this message, if the Lord has spoken to you or you made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. Also, if there's a prayer request or concern, then you can email us, and we would love to take the time to pray for you and respond in any way that we can. Again, thank you so much for listening. God bless. Thank you.